0: Welcome to the Not A Mommy Yet podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Fay. I started the Not A Mommy Yet blog and this podcast because I've always known I wanna be a parent one day, and you might be listening because you feel the same. You may have also heard people with kids say things like, I wish I had known this before I had kids, or I wish I had done that. Hearing those comments made me think about the parts of my life I wanna spend more time focusing on before I have kids in ways that will benefit me as a parent. So I started a list of people who can teach me about health, money, relationships, psychology, and more, and started interviewing them. And this podcast was born. Whether you plan to have kids or not, I think you'll find something interesting in this podcast for you. I hope you enjoy, subscribe, and maybe even share it with a friend. Thank you so much for listening. In this week's episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Astrid Scarbasi, the CEO and co-founder of Agni. Having experienced the power of home remedies and food healing as a child, Astrid has dedicated her career to helping people access foods that can nourish them during important life moments. Working with health practitioners, medical experts, and nutritionists from around the world, Astrid has built three businesses to date focused on the healing properties of food and good nutrition. Agni's goal is to collect all of the information and wisdom about healing through nutrition and to turn it into delectable healing foods. In order to make this happen, Agni built a medical advisory board and assembled a team of food geniuses to create foods and drinks that wow your body and your taste buds. And I can say from experience that they have done this successfully. On this episode, we discuss how Agni came to be, their approach to wellness, and the development process of their products to balance hormones and support each moment of our lives through nourishment. I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Astrid. Well, thank you Astrid so much for being on the Not A Mommy Up podcast. Um, I love your brand and the products. I've had the chance to try some now and they're all amazing and delicious. I would love for you to kind of share How you got into this space, like going all the way back to your childhood. I read about, you know, in your um, personal article on the Agni blog that your mom was a big um, advocate for trying to figure out what you can do at home and for healing and anything that you can kind of manage with your lifestyle and your um, food intake. So I'd love to know how that kind of led you down this path to using food for nutrition, especially for women going through like periods to postpartum and everything in between.
1: Yeah, Natalie, I so appreciate the question and you're starting there because this journey really did start way back when with my mom and with her very patient and subtle, but consistent cues to me that there were things that I could do for myself, for my body and for my health at home. It was incredibly empowering. And one of the first rituals I remember doing is whenever I got congested. I had like a little kid runny nose. She would pour a bowl of boiling water and put some eucalyptus essential oils in and have me put my head over, put a big towel over and have me breathe deeply for five minutes, 10 minutes. She always picked a time and put a timer on it. So it felt very like a little prescription from Dr. Mama. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Um, And it just, it just felt so comforting to feel like, you know, I'm, I'm imbalanced. I'm, suffering a little bit and it's 9 p.m. and we're at home and you know this is the time before the land of telemedicine and kind of like instant pharmacy deliveries whenever so it, in many ways there was no other option but the fact that something could change how I felt and could change the situation from our own kitchen was so memorable and I really strive to create that feeling and create that opportunity for others in my life whether it's through Agni, which is a big vehicle and and way that I pour energy into doing that, but but in little ways as well.
0: Yes, I can absolutely see how it gives you the confidence to really be able to even navigate that. Cause I'm sure for people who, I mean, like myself, I wasn't really brought up like exploring natural ways, at least I can't remember if I, if I did, Um, you know, and then it takes definitely education to build that confidence to do it later in life. Um, Some people, you know, can be very reliant on calling a doctor now these days or going to the pharmacy immediately if they start to feel sick but we really do have so many tools um, that we can take advantage of before we turn to those other external resources. And it's great that we have those resources, but um, I think it is really cool that you were taught that from such a young age, like how to handle those situations on your own. Um, And then what kind of after that in your personal life led you to develop this brand? You know, Was there like a personal need or were you just seeing it a lot like amongst your peers and kind of how did that come about?
1: Yeah. It was a huge combination. I definitely had my own personal experiences that led me to feel like there was something missing in my support system. So one of those was having uh, really extreme side effects that I experienced when I went on birth control Mm -hmm. and having those be dismissed by multiple practitioners, um, as temporary minor, not a big deal, something to soldier through and just stick with the birth control,
0: uh,
1: which is so common. common And yeah, Yeah. Which was, was really devastating to me. And then I uh, subsequently also experienced eight months of amenorrhea where I wasn't getting a period and felt a little bit lost. Like, well, what do I do? Because the only option that's being presented to me uh, at the time through my physician is, you know, returning to birth control. And there are also friends around me uh, having parallel experiences or, or slight variations at different chapters. And with with different health needs. Uh, another friend who had, I'm, I'm sure we all unfortunately have so many friends who have been in a similar boat or, or have experiences ourselves. She had severe insomnia, anxiety, eczema, and was consistently told, you know, oh, you're, you're just underweight. You need to kind of bulk up. She was an athlete and this was you know, and co- we were in college at the time. And so she was told to have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich every night before bed. Um, and it turns out she was experiencing a gluten intolerance. So that was just aggravating the whole problem. Oh god! And amazingly, you know, with some intentional changes and a pause from gluten, she's now able to fully enjoy uh many forms of wheat, but, you know, just removing that temporarily totally transformed her experience. So again, food was coming into to be the catalyst and I wanted to create a way for more people to access that and to trust that and to incorporate that into their day-to-day.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I can see how like food, I mean, we, it's, it, we put more food in our bodies than anything else we put into our bodies. Right. So like, even if we're taking a supplement, that might be more powerful. We do tend to like stick to these food groups that we're used to eating. Um, we're not having like as much variety sticking with the seasonal stuff anymore. Um, we find the things we like, and we tend to really stick with them. And then, so I can see how finding ways to incorporate products like yours into your diet, just to make sure you're getting those nutrients, especially ones that like women tend to be lacking in that can have this adverse effect on our periods and our hormones and um, our cycles in general, um, can be so 100%.
1: And you nailed it, that there's a pattern of familiarity. And I think a beautiful analogy right now is in regenerative agriculture. If you look at a monoculture farm, there's nothing inherently wrong with growing soy. If you only grow soy for 10 years straight, the soil gets depleted nutrients. There aren't other, there's not variety going on to help that ecosystem thrive. The same thing happens to our bodies. Mm -hmm. If we have the same meal or the same combination of three to five ingredients on repeat, suddenly the there's less biodiversity, the ecosystem of our body is starting to fail. We're not re-nourishing by adding other plants. And so diversity becomes a huge, um, a huge aspiration as well as, you know, what's, what's specific and beneficial for the moment. So what you'd grow and what you'd see thrive on a farm in Costa Rica would be really different than what you see thrive at a farm in new England. And in the same way, what what a body wants to thrive when it's menstruating is very different than a body who that's um you know a, an aging male body that's uh, exercising a lot so it's uh, right. when we understand these things that you know we're looking for diversity in food we're looking to make it situationally appropriate that can really help us contextualize and, and also have a softness and kindness to our bodies that Lend, leads us away from necessarily. Oh my gosh! Well, those things are terrible for me, and I can never have them. Um, and I'm a failure if I do have them, which is is something that's equally hard to swallow and ingest. That type of belief set and mentality.
0: Absolutely, and getting in touch with your body that way. Where you know, I, it took me a while to realize the difference between like, Oh, I'm just feeling really full right now to like, Oh no, actually my body's having a hard time digesting what I ate. It's not really about the amount that I ate. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, so even that small of a understanding, you know, what your body's going through can totally shift how you recognize, you know, what you're putting into your body and, um, how it's responding to it. So I'm curious when you started, before we kind of i'd love to get into like the ayurvedic practices and recipes or ingredients that really resonated with you but was your goal mainly to focus on like periods or was it postpartum or how did you kind of approach this brand to get started first of all
1: yeah it's a great question a lot of people ask me if it my own journey through motherhood inspired but i was not a mama yet when i started on <laughs> me <Army. laughs> so i resonate with just connecting with that time and seeing that there is um, a lot going on there (laughs) and getting into the juicy details, you know, before I necessarily personally jumped into that journey. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really started from the foundation of wanting to make the process of healing through food accessible to all. And so I came in with a really open mind about what that looked like, what imbalances would be best suited for a a brand to help uh, with that challenge. And so I actually started with a medical advisory board that was quite general and had an experience in a lot of different ailments and balances and an R and D chef. And we created beta products for 15 different ailments and we created 60 different beta products. And so I looked at cancer recovery. I looked at surgery recovery. I looked at elevated PSA levels. I was really um, trying to Just understanding where could we best serve. And so it was a lot of trial and error and experimentation. And ultimately it became very clear in a few months that women's health moments were the most underserved. So there were the fewest other options available. There were a lot of pain points associated with them. And so many of the pain points were actually associated with nutrient deficiency. we're really well set up to be supported by food. And so that process of exploration and creative trial and error is what actually led me to want to support women's health broadly. And that includes periods, fertility, pregnancy, postpartum recovery, and menopause. And so it's been clear to me for a couple of years that that is really Agne's focus.
0: Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm reading this amazing book right now called the postnatal depletion cure. Have you heard of Yes,
1: I have. I've read it.
0: It's so amazing and just breaks it down so well. And it's, it's heartbreaking to hear that there are like women who years and years after delivering babies are still living in that depletion state. And so having that support with this extra supplements, even just to level you out and then you don't need it anymore. Or if it's something we do need every day that we're not getting enough of just that awareness can make such a difference especially postpartum.
1: Exactly. I love that you're reading that book and I hope it it becomes a really well-known concept because it's heartbreaking to me that women are are told well, well this is unrelated or they're having recurring acute experiences that are taking them to the ER that s- stem back from being depleted in that time postpartum.
0: Yeah, I mean even just when you first start getting your period, I feel like that's an opportunity to ensure that you're kind of adjusting the nutrition that you're getting. Cause this is now like your body, like a huge shift in your body. So even though you're young, people seem to think, Oh, our bodies are still working. They're not as tainted. (laughs) Like, like, no, it's, it's still these like major shifts that can leave really long lasting impact. So, um, So then how did you, once you decided like, oh, these are the core areas that we want to focus on after doing that product testing, how did it kind of come back to these like Ayurvedic practices and ideas to be incorporated into the approach?
1: Yeah. So the medical advisory board that I had assembled to help me to identify the nutrients and foods that could be most beneficial across many different life moments and experiences was very diverse. It was very interdisciplinary. So I had a Western medicine doctor, an integrative medicine doctor, an herbalist, a nutritionist, actually had somebody who'd studied the anthropology of food medicine, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: traditional Chinese medicine doctor, and an Ayurvedic doctor. And so I had experience in speaking with each of these practitioners and understanding what is their approach to health broadly? What is their approach to each of these moments and how do they think about rebalancing the body and intervening for positive health outcomes. And so our products really take into account wisdom and information from all of those disciplines. But I think one that's often the most unique or novel to people who learn about Agni is Ayurveda. And Ayurveda has so much to say about the connection between imbalance and healing and food, that it's a really rich place for discussion. So we do spend a a fair amount of time and breath speaking about Ayurveda and uh, transmitting some of that, the amazing education that can be found in that discipline.
0: That's awesome. I think it's such an incredible ancient practice, and I love that you combined all these different approaches, too, because that's kind of similar in the postnatal depletion care. And I've seen in like the fourth trimester, too, they talk about it, just looking at all the different areas around the world and how they approach these moments of you know depletion. Um, And they can vary to like very extreme to where I've read like one, you know, you never get out of bed for 40 days versus like another where like, you know, that's not as realistic, but it's cool that you brought them all together. And I'm curious, were any of them ever talking to each other or was it you just kind of gathering all this information to help build this brand?
1: Yeah. I've had them convene to discuss a few times. And I think both because be, by virtue of the fact that they were open to working on an, an interdisciplinary team on a yeah, concept yeah, like yeah. this and uh, by nature of um, my having primed them and and my being part of the facilitation of the conversation, there's a really beautiful amount of overlap and agreement. And there are, instead of looking for ways to say, oh, well, that's crazy. That, that seems- We do
0: this differently.
1: Exactly. We do this differently. or That's not- evidence-based in the in the form that I like to see my evidence there was a lot of whoa that seems analogous to how we do this and that actually strengthens the reasoning behind why we we choose to do this and that's what we think about finding at Agni is that the space within the Venn diagram where there's overlap where everybody is recommending flaxseed for menstruation uh, and maybe they use different language to explain why they use the language of biochemistry or molecular biology, or someone else uses the language of the earth's elements, but they all derive back to this idea that flax is a powerful thing to be eating for a woman who is menstruating.
0: I love that. That's really cool. Bringing that all together. And so, you know, going right into ingredients now, since we're kind of talking about that, how have you loved your product offerings coming together based on this knowledge? So like bringing, um, combining ingredients, I guess, to increase like their efficacy and, and you know, just really deliver the benefits that you're trying to deliver with your products.
1: Yeah. That is something I absolutely love is that we've been able to go to multiple disciplines and say, share the best you've got. What are the best recommendations that you have for somebody who's experiencing challenge and becoming pregnant and bringing a baby into the world? Okay. So in the West, we'd say that There's a depletion in, you know, B vitamins, iron, magnesium, zinc, selenium, um, and omega-3. And in the East, we'd say that we should be focusing on uh, these particular seeds and vegetables. Maybe it's pumpkin seeds and uh, root vegetables prepared in a warming, grounding way. And we should be focused on uh, seafoods and and seaweeds and, and mushrooms. Lo and behold, those foods actually have the nutrients that the West has identified that we mm-hmm. want to be bringing into abundance uh, in, in a woman's body. And so, I, I just love that we're able to to bring that information together because it's really hard as an individual to say, "Well, I'm going to make time and I'm going to put aside resources to go seek out six different practitioners and make right. sure that their recommendations are aligning." And so to to feel like you have a resource to turn to that has helped to bring together a support team and a panel on your behalf is really special. And I love that about our products that we bring together the best of many different disciplines. I also love that we focus on making it taste good. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that the joy of eating, the feeling that we are treating ourselves and indulging is so, so important. Uh, And the, there's actually a um, acronym that we speak to a lot that we think of and, and come to as the three pillars of food healing and food healing. We define as the journey and process of becoming increasingly confident in our food choices and, and that they are nourishing us, mind, body, and spirit. And the, the acronym we turn to is, MMM. so it's the MMM of food healing. mmm. we talk about, well, is the food appropriate for the moment, which we've discussed, you know, is it relevant to the life moment someone's living? How is the food made? Is it grown in an environment that has an abundance of nutrients? Is it grown in healthful soil? That's why we prioritize organic or regenerative ingredients. And and that is a huge part of whether a food is a a good choice. And I think we also talk about going beyond the what. So not, you know, I'm, I'm not eating dairy, but something like I'm prioritizing dairy that comes from pastured uh, mindfully raised animals, because I, I know that my body can tolerate it and that's a more nutrient dense choice. And then the last M mm, in the mm of food healing is how does the food impact the mind? And research shows that if we believe food is more caloric and indulgent, we will actually produce more hormones that signal fullness for longer. We will release di- different digestive enzymes and actually physically change the way we're digesting that food. There's an incredible study called the milkshake study. I don't know if you've read it or, or no. seen it a great video short that was done about it as well. It's done by a researcher named Leah Crum. She had participants come in a fasted state in the morning to come drink milkshakes. And half of the subjects were offered a milkshake that was called the Sensa shake it was just 150 calories meant to indulge sensibly. The other milkshake that was offered was an indulgence shake, and it was 700 calories of pure chocolatey goodness. And both groups, participants were invited to drink this shake and then self-report hunger and quantitatively have the levels of a hormone named ghrelin, which is a satiety hormone measured for several hours after consuming the shake. And the catch is that the shakes were identical. It was just the label that was different. It was the same serving size it was the same wow. of calories it was the same ingredients and amazingly although maybe not so surprisingly mm-hmm. the group that had the sense of shake self reported hunger and like a median of 30 to 60 minutes after drinking that shake and their levels of ghrelin never went as high so their their bodies and their minds literally didn't believe that they'd been nourished or were full Whereas the group that had the indulgence shaker believed that they were having an indulgence shake self-reported hunger for four to five hours after drinking the shake and their levels of ghrelin stayed elevated that long. Wow. So the, the belief that the body held about the food that they were eating totally transformed the response and changes behavior. of Do you seek out food again? And do you seek out food again before you've actually had a chance to digest this food? Uh, are you secreting enough enzymes to actually Bring the nutrients out of that food you consumed. And so the mind is such an important factor in our food. And that's something that we take really to heart and that we pour time and energy in the communication, our label, uh, in the taste, in the feeling of indulgence and the feeling of fullness and the, uh, the the number of flavors on the palate to evoke the right digestive enzymes. So we pour so much into each of these (laughs) products uh, related to mind and body and environment. And all of those are things I'm really proud of and that I hope encourage people to, you know, not just, you know, turn to Agni, which is great and we're excited when they do, but to also think about incorporating those pillars, asking how is this food made, is it appropriate for the moment and how does it impact my mind in mm-hmm. our day-to-day life?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm so curious by that study too, because when you first were saying, you know, when people think they've had a lot of food um that was like high calorie or something, my mind immediately goes with like, do they feel bad about themselves or do they feel which is like clearly a reflection of what I immediately would think. Um, I don't really, it's funny. I don't as much anymore because I just have, I feel like I've gotten better with not letting myself just like stuff my face without really being mindful, but it's interesting to see how that can have an impact. Like, even if you do feel like you ate a lot and don't feel necessarily great about it, your body is still feeling nourished, I guess is the kind of takeaway there. It's like, your body is still feeling like, Oh, I got everything I needed. And now I'm going to use this time to digest it and not feel hungry again for a while.
1: So, anyway, such a good point, Natalie, because that brings up other studies that have been done on abundance uh, and dieting mindset, where Mm. people who are either invited to follow a specific diet regimen during the course of a week or two week study and then indulge in something that was not, quote unquote, on the dietary allowed list will actually go forward and eat more the rest of the day or in that sitting instead of saying, Oh, this chocolate chip cookie is great. I'm satisfied at one. They'll say, Oh, well, you know, I've already blown the diet. I'm just going to eat four. And then then i will really be good. And so the psychology of this can interact with the biology in so many different ways. And in ways that get us further and further away from that intuition and that communication with ourselves around, well, am I hungry or am I full? Mm-hmm. Do I feel nourished or do I not? Yeah, And, and it's a a big part of, um, anyone's journey into nourishment and, and especially when it interacts with the reproductive continuum, because as soon as we become pregnant and then when we're nourishing a baby, suddenly we're, we're doing teamwork with another being who's depending on us for nourishment. And so, um, it it's so it's multi-layered and it's so interesting and it's something that I'm grateful that more and more women are talking about so that we can examine what are the beliefs that I hold in this? What is the language I, I use to communicate with myself around this? And is that serving me? Uh both from a an emotional and a, and a mental perspective, but also from a physical perspective. Literally is it actually helping me to reach my goals <laughs> to yeah.
0: behave this way. And I like I liked what you said earlier too about how Indulging now, like when you hear that word associated with food, you think like, "Oh, you let yourself have that cookie or that piece of cake or whatever might be an indulgence for you." But I love the idea of like indulging with one of your cookies, and you're like indulging in nutrients. You're like, I'm just <laughs> giving my body, I'm totally indulging in everything my body needs right now
1: yes totally it's like ooh, I indulged in this cup of water (laughs) hydrating but but actually make it sexy like make it taste so good that it's we we blur the line and and I think that's those are the food experiences we want to create is that beautiful feeling of well this might have well as well have been um a really delightful rest meal out at a restaurant or Mm -hmm um like it feels like a massage for my body like that's the I'm I'm feeling like I was pampered and um because all parts of me from the inside out really enjoyed it
0: yeah that's awesome yeah definitely that's like how I felt I love beer cookies they're so good I gave them to a couple of my dual clients too just had a baby and she was she and like one of them just had a baby and she was really happy <laughs> oh awesome I'm so glad to hear um so, you know, you're not just selling products, which are great. You guys have like teas and seasonings and cookies, but you guys also have this incredible blog. Um, what was your intention, I guess, starting this and having this resource for your customers? And what do you like hope for the blog for the future?
1: Yeah, that's a beautiful question. Our intention here really was awareness and bringing awareness to our food choices and the potential for empowerment, the potential for impact on our own health through intentional choices around food. And there's, you know, we, we set out to create a, an accessible solution for food healing, one that can exist in our cabinets and can pop in your purse and uh, enjoy just by pouring hot water over your cup of tea. But what we stayed for and what we realized there was so much of in in becoming close with our medical advisory board is there's just so much wisdom Mm -hmm. and it starting to evaluate the way that we relate to nourishment in the physical sense of food. And do we have lists of things that we don't allow ourselves to eat and, and why? Are they our lists? And do they serve us? Or are they someone else's lists, And we're, we're hoping that they serve us, but we don't really know. And we're a little bit scared to try. Or uh, do we feel a lot of guilt and shame around the way that we choose to nourish ourselves? Because that actually expands out into so many areas of our lives, into our career and our social relationships and our, our experiences through motherhood. And so the that was the intention, was the all this stuff behind the food mm-hmm. choice to, to bring it out into the open, to discuss it, and also to highlight and to showcase the, the incredible wisdom from our medical advisors. It really in many ways started as a place for us to be able to explore all the disciplines that we're, we were learning about and, and so excited about.
0: Yeah, I loved clicking through some of the articles and the postpartum ones are great. Um, so it's, it's a really great resource. I feel like you can sometimes end up on those websites where the articles or blog posts are so long and like hard to get through. And I feel like your posts are the perfect length. They just have the information you need. It's not like just too much because, and I also love using the word wisdom instead of information, because I feel like we have so much information coming at us that it's like, I love shifting to this idea of like, there's wisdom coming towards us that we're understanding this great wisdom. So that's awesome. I think it's really cool. <laughs> um, how have you seen you know these products make a difference in your in your own life and your team's life, your customers? Like, what has been like such a like the most rewarding part, I guess, about this whole process? Oh my gosh,
1: this <laughs> is this is truly the best part. And to answer, I'll I'll give a quick introduction to a couple of our products because I know we've like talked around them, but I haven't explicitly referenced any of them yet. Yeah, for cool. anyone who's not familiar all of our products exist to help address specific pain points that arise with certain life moments. So take postpartum recovery, for example, we've got a new mama who is tired, dehydrated, might not be pooping. Constipation is a very common symptom, postpartum, Mm -hmm. Uh, up to 75% of women will experience digestive changes, most commonly constipation after giving birth. Uh, Many women are trying to produce enough breast milk to feed their babies. And so Something that we created for the postpartum moment is an oatmeal chocolate chip cookie that supports lactation and digestion. So it is a delicious indulgent chocolate chip cookie. It doesn't have any of the common allergens or irritants to be as inclusive of, as possible. So no gluten, nuts, soy, dairy, eggs, uh, refined sugars, any artificial anything, uh, no stabilizers. And the active ingredients in there to support digestion Are psyllium husk, flax, and oats. And the active ingredients in there to support breast milk production and lactation are also oats, flax, and brewer's yeast. Mm -hmm. And it is so rewarding to get texts from women who show us their pumping station at work. And you know, you see that tube of cookies on their desk and or you, you see them plated and they're saying, you know, like I used to dread this pumping session. And now I look forward to it. Cause I know it comes with this treat that, you know, as you said, it's, it's indulgent. Mm-hmm. It feels like I'm indulging, but I'm not guilty because I know this is exactly what my body needs right now. Right. And um, to see the, the number of ounces of milk go up to see mom is just feeling so proud that they're, you know, offering the nourishment that they need for their babe is, is incredible another while product at the same
0: time supporting their own healing which is awesome.
1: exactly While at the same time helping their own digestion uh feeling really good about what they're putting in their body and knowing that it's it's nourishing them. Yep. And the other uh stories that I love hearing about are around amenorrhea or and or anovulation. So when women are not getting a period or getting a regular period or they're not ovulating and they confirm this because they're peeing on ovulation sh- test strips or they're uh, tracking their cycles and they're just seeing the irregularities. We worked really hard to create seasoning blends that support the practice of seed cycling and seed cycling is becoming more and more popular, which is awesome. It's the practice of taking ground seeds of specific types uh, during different parts of the menstrual cycle. So The first half of the cycle, first uh, days one through, you know, anywhere between 13, 16, wherever that midway point and ovulation point is for someone, it'll be pumpkin and flax seeds. And the second half of the cycle, the luteal phase, uh, it'll be sesame and sunflower seeds. And so our seasonings have those seeds in the right ratios for the right time. And they also have a bunch of other awesome spices and herbs and just make the seeds really fun to put on top of other meals and and make the flavors really pop. And so when people write to us and say that they've been seed cycling for uh, usually several months because food healing does take time, it's not Mm -hmm. a quick fix, but after a few months, sometimes as, as, as early as one or two, but there's a great concept in traditional healing disciplines that an imbalance will take a proportional time to heal as it's been occurring for Mm -hmm. If an imbalance has been happening for five years. We won't expect that to resolve in a month. We'll expect that to take many months, maybe five, six, seven months. And they'll write in and say that they finally saw that positive ovulation P strip, or they finally started getting a regular period back. And uh, many of them will say, I truly did not change anything else except that I started seed cycling. And so that's incredibly rewarding for us to hear. And we're super grateful to be a part of women's journeys who are changing their relationship to their own ovulation and menstruation cycles.
0: Yeah. I remember when I first decided to go off of birth control, um, I was following someone at the time who mentioned seed cycling. So I immediately incorporated that into that transition to try and make it as easy as possible. I've, I haven't really, I've never tested my ovulation, but um i'm curious what you and it's just awesome that also you can use just one of your products like you said and nothing else where right now i feel like we're constantly thrown at with different Products all over the internet just for all these different ailments that we might be dealing with. So it's nice to know that, like, you've heard from your customers, like, that the only thing they did was add these, like, delicious cookies, or the only thing they did was add the seasoning, and it made such a big difference. Like, it's nice to not have to invest so much time and money in figuring out this whole, like, <laughs> routine of all these different products. Um, cause I kind of got into that trap when I first got off birth control. I was just like trying everything I could to like reduce inflammation and to balance my hormones and to just make sure, like it wasn't hard going off birth control at all from the outside. I like, I didn't notice any difference, but anyway, it was just kind of more me wanting to control the situation. But Mm. um, I'm curious for someone who wants to try and start um, trying to conceive what products you recommend for that person.
1: Yeah. So we have as I mentioned, the seed cycling one that we really recommend for anyone for whom ovulation or regular ovulation menstruation cycle is important. And for anyone trying to conceive, that's the foundation of, okay. you, you know, the, the woman's contribution and, and health in terms of being opening up to a pregnancy that can be really foundational. And then we also have for him and for her fertility teas. And those are new actually, as of a few weeks ago, we had just seen so much interest and uh, so much need from this community that we actually had our medical advisors, our Ayurvedic practitioner and our herbalist come together to help us formulate a really incredible blend. And the tea for her is called a thistle mint tea, Mm -hmm. and it is super delicious. It's um, got milk thistle in it that makes it kind of creamy. And it has this like natural sweetness from a little bit of licorice and peppermint and all of the herbs in there are truly intended to help with every part of just healthy, balanced, regular ovulation.
0: Nice. That's awesome. Okay, cool. And, um, and then I know you, I think you can select by like time of your life, right? Like fertility, is there a pregnancy one? Exactly.
1: There is a pregnancy box that actually launched in March. So by the time everyone's listening, it will be out and available. And I'm super excited about that box. It's got ginger molasses cookies for nausea and iron and folate because they're made with chickpea flour and molasses as a sweetener. And they just taste like joy in a cookie. Like there's that gingery, clove, cinnamon. Yeah, they're so good um and a ginger cardamom tea and that's how truly how one shops at Agni is we do by life moment. so it's periods fertility pregnancy postpartum and menopause coming soon
0: nice well that's so exciting so yeah i was going to ask you about you know future goals of Agni that you're excited about it's so excited to sound to hear about the pregnancy box the menopause offering anything else that you're just so excited for um, for the future of the brand.
1: Yeah, there are so many things. They all ultimately roll up to our mission, which is mm-hmm. to help a hundred million people to heal through food. That is oh, our wow. North star. We would love to help so many people come to have positive relationships with the way they nurse themselves to understand how to nurse themselves for what they're going through, for what season of life it is. And there are a, bunch of really fun ways that we'll do that, both by expanding the number of life moments that we offer, Mm -hmm. uh, support for, but then also where we're offered. So looking in the next few years at some potential grocery partnerships and retail distribution, but also some healthcare partnerships so that we might be available through, uh, more traditional healthcare channels.
0: Oh, that's so interesting. I love that. That's so cool. Um, and I love also too, how, um, you guys, incorporate sustainability into all of your packaging and all of your messaging as well. Like when I received your box, just that communication is so nice to not have to like search for it or wonder about, but you guys are like right there on the box. You know, this is our mission to not only nourish you, but to also be really cognizant of the impact that we're making in other ways.
1: Nourishing for people and the planet has always yes. been <laughs> a tagline.
0: Love that. Um, So just a few last questions that I ask every guest on the podcast, do you have a mantra or quote that inspires you maybe through this building of Agni or just maybe in your personal life that you love?
1: I do. Uh, I uh, evolve through them. Different ones serve at, at different seasons, but one that I've been leaning into a lot and that has helped me so much to be patient with myself and especially with myself as a new mama Mm -hmm. is nature never hurries yet everything is accomplished. I really love that mantra.
0: That's really good. I love that. I was just with a postpartum client today and I definitely feel like that's such a good quote for new moms who want to like, you know, feel kind of like getting that routine down, getting into that control, but also like really needing to surrender to that part of motherhood, like her baby's only a few days old. So it's, you know, still figuring stuff out, even if a lot of things feel like they're working out really well, it's still just like that patience and that kind of release of control, um, as much as possible.
1: (laughs) That's so well said, Natalie. I remember, so desperately wanting to understand, but when will I know what time I can have breakfast? (laughs) (laughs) When will I have a consistent moment that I can move my body? That's just mine. And reminding myself that it will bloom in the right time that, you know, it's unfolding at the right pace Mm -hmm. was so helpful when I could tap into that.
0: I love that. That's a really good one. Um, we all know, you know, it takes a village to raise children and we might be a little bit less connected to that concept these days, but I still think, especially working with postpartum with my birth doula, uh, clients for postpartum prep, I'm always like your village, like who's going to be there for you. What have you found to be the most helpful in that transition? Is it maybe your team at Agni or your, you know, family and friends who really helped what has been the most beneficial for that transition into motherhood for you?
1: I love that you ask this. It's so important to think about. We at Ogni talk a lot about building our support team, our care team for all of these life moments and uh, for raising a new little babe. It is no different. And I am so grateful to friends, to my mom who lives 15 minutes away, to my doula who played an incredible role in our journey, my midwives, but a surprising fixture in what i consider my community who is helping me to raise my daughter is actually podcasters i love podcasts <laughs> and i curating a selection of voices who have conversations that help me to reflect on how i'm feeling and what i need in a moment has actually been really supportive and i think it's just Um, especially in a world pandemic when it Mm. can be hard to be physically together with those you love or hard to even meet new mom friends in your own area. Um, Podcasting is a really awesome space and support system if you curate the right voices. So
0: that's really um, cool. Yeah. That's good. I'm glad to like hear that podcasts have helped you. And also it makes me be more aware of that when I'm recording episodes, (laughs) like who's listening, what are they getting out of this? I know I should be already. And I, am sure I have to some extent, but it just is a good reminder to hear that. Um, that's, that's really cool. And then lastly, you know, what qualities do you most admire and hope to instill in your daughter? Maybe you already see, you know, some of this coming through, um, how old is your daughter again? She's 14 months. Okay. So, yeah, what, what kind of stuff have you been, you know, trying to, I guess, model for her?
1: <laughs> yeah, I definitely don't think I can see it coming through in toddlerhood yet. <laughs> but something I've been trying to model is compassion for self and others and especially self. I think, you know, moving through the world with the ability to have patience, forgiveness, and and grace with ourselves can totally transform our experience and, um, can also translate to how, how much we can fill our cup to be able to pour into others. And so often I think back to times in my life when I was most depleted and most stressed. And, um, the thing that I really needed most was my own compassion and, and my belief in myself, my trust in myself, um, and, and less judgment of myself. And so I hope to use language that evokes that and and where she can see a model for that as she grows up.
0: I love that. That's great. Yeah. Cause I can definitely see how, like as a parent, if, if a moment is like frustrating and you like kind of get frustrated with yourself, you know, it's better to kind of just take a second and be like, this isn't that big of a deal. And I can just take a deep breath and like, give myself some compassion and get through this. And I, and I, after speaking to enough, like people on the podcast, mainly who are child development specialists and things like that, the modeling of like how we move through the world makes such a bigger impact than like the words that we say to our children about the same concepts, Um, because they see that so much more clearly. They can like, understand it as opposed to words, which are sometimes hard for them to like digest what we're saying. (laughs) Um, hundred percent. So anyway, thank you so much, Astrid. This conversation was wonderful. It was so nice to learn more about Agni and your background. Um, please let everyone know where they can find your brand and and more about you. Um, and I'll include the link to your, to your store on the, on the podcast notes as well.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Natalie, for the work you do and for hosting a podcast <laughs> where we can all come and learn and <laughs> digest and kind of sink into some concepts. And mm-hmm. I would be so delighted to continue the conversation with anyone listening. We, you can find us at AgniForAll.com or our Instagram handle is at Agny4All as well. And we love to hear from you or we'll apply to any of your DMs and really look forward to hearing about your stories and hopefully how food healing can play a role in them.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Astrid. It was a pleasure speaking to you. So great to speak with you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Not a Mama Yet. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review an Apple podcast and maybe even share it with a friend. Check out the podcast notes for any links we may have mentioned during our conversation, and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thank you for listening.